we're going to go ahead and dive right in here. The question that you all expected to get and comes in many various forms, and that, of course, is the question of evolution. So before we do that, just to kind of give us a basic groundwork, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but as I understand, the theory of evolution essentially has three major tenets, that being first cause, so all, non, on, all living matter came from non-living matter, uh, common ancestry, so every species we now see had one common an ancestor, and then, of course, the idea of natural selection, where traits are selected for into the next generation by providing an advantage to survival and passing forth. We all agree those are kind of the major things, yes? Maybe, uh, Pierre, you want to kind of brief us on this? All right. Uh, and I guess I should say the question here is, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but ahead. the question here is, is this theory of evolution, is it compatible with the Genesis account of creation? Okay. First thing I want to say is I've been studying the uh, Genesis creation story for as long as I can remember, since the dinosaurs walked the earth. Wow. Oh, well, we'll get into that later. Don't worry yeah. about that. That's great. Awesome. Good segue. And I got to tell you something. It is, and I... Um, I've come to that conclusion now. It is the most remarkable text that has ever appeared in the history of the world, and nothing has even come close to it since then. This it's is the book of Genesis. The book friend. of Genesis, okay. the Torah, and of course the rest of the Bible really comes out of the Torah. So I, I'm not. I don't want to uh, demean the rest of the Bible, but there's something really special about the creation account. I have learned to give it the benefit of the doubt, and I wish I could say a lot more about that, whether it's the Big Bang Theory, if scientists had spent a little bit more time looking at the, uh, at the old creation story, they would have come up with their theories perhaps a little bit earlier than they did. But when it comes to the, uh, to the evolutionary uh, theory, um, I'm going to be quite radical here, I'm going to make people upset. My uh, my conclusion is that the uh, creation story is incompatible with Darwinism that is understood as a mindless evolutionary uh, process. And uh, now there's a kind of a, you know, there's a soft Darwinism in which we say, well, God uh, used the evolutionary process, you know, to bring about, uh, you know, the creation of living creatures and all that. And I would also say that basically the creation account, as we can read it, as best as we can read it, is also incompatible with that particular theory. Okay, I'm going to, okay, so let me just reflect. I've heard it said that there are basically three different views to look at this question. Either you're 100% incompatible, they're not, they can't be fit together, <coughs> or you might say they're 100% compatible, there's no issues with the gener Genesis account and evolution both existing. Or you're somewhere in between. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that they are 100% incompatible. Yeah, let's be radical, right? Okay, let's, uh, all right. <laughs> let's go for it. Terry, you have a different idea, perhaps? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually grappled with this because um, my first year university, evolution was mandatory in order to get the degree back 100 years ago when we were getting degrees back then. Mm -hmm. And um, right. I was not... Not quite as old as the dinosaurs. Yeah, though. not as old yeah. as the dinosaurs. Um, and... We spent the four years going to university learning thermodynamics um, laws of science, so you can't create something from nothing, and then we took evolution and we said, Big Bang, came from nothing. And I remember asking, what about the thermodynamic laws that we can't create? He okay, said, yeah. once the science becomes more apparent, we'll have more answers. Of course, so basically, yeah. let's go on faith that mm -hmm. this is what's happened. Now, I wasn't a believer back then. I wasn't. So I just sort of, okay, I just, I just get my degree, let me go get my life started. 
When I became a Christian when I was 35 years old is when that God peace came in and that was the peace that was missing for me. Mm-hmm. Now with all the evolution and everything else, I, I don't believe the first six days happened in 24-hour days. Mm-hmm. I believe that evolution did happen sometime in that point. The sun didn't become apparent until day four, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So before then, how many years, days, how many was before then? I believe that the evolutionary part happened that in that way. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't believe we came from monkeys. I don't believe we have a common ancestor. Mm-hmm. I believe that I believe in the Bible. I believe that we God placed us on earth. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that before that four days, there was millions of years of evolution that happened. Okay, so in this kind of scheme of 100% yes, 100% no, or somewhere in the middle, it sounds to me like you would fall somewhere in the middle. Yes. And you brought up something really interesting that I've been looking into as well, and some someone I had been learning from had mentioned it as a difference between microevolution versus macroevolution, yes. where yes. there is some evidence, I mean, there is m- lots of evidence out there, but there's definitely evidence of, I don't want to use the word definitely, I have been subject to evidence <laughs> such that would suggest <laughs> that uh, there is evolution of sorts, um, a changing within species. Yes. But um, I, as I understand, one of the main problems with the evolutionary theory is that is this idea of common ancestry that one from one species came multiple species, and in fact, even in the fossil record, record as I understand, there's some gaps in that. So that would be something maybe where you would say you're not so sure about either. Yeah, there have been no transitional forms ever found in between species. You've got the species, and now they're finding um, that, um, you know, a couple million years ago, most of the species appeared on Earth over Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. a short amount of time. So that's interesting. Well, that's the thing is, um, uh, Stephen Meyer, if you want to read more about this, Stephen Meyer has got these uh, two wonderful books I got one of them here. It's Darwin's Doubt, and the other one is Signature in the Cell. I have that one. You have that? Yeah. I read them both. You can listen to his lectures on YouTube. It's a lot easier <laughs> than reading those two bricks. But I'll tell you something. Um, the uh, 540 million years ago, there was an explosion of life on this. So it's called the Cambrian uh, explosion. Yeah. And at that point, we have very, very complex uh, living organisms, and of course the big issue, and Darwin, that was one of the issues that he had, is how it, there is no precedent. Like, you know, you would expect a, a, uh, a kind of a gradual, incremental ap- uh, appearance of life, but it doesn't happen that way. The fossil record just doesn't have any precedent. It kind of all appeared at one point. Mm-hmm. So I'm not questioning the whole uh, theory of natural selection or the notion of microevolution within species. Uh, but uh, so, so hold on, let me just interrupt you there. So maybe you're not 100% incompatible then. Well, you said 100%, you but maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not quite as extreme. I, did, I didn't pass judgment on the theory okay, of evolution. Okay, okay, fair enough. All right, I'm just well, talking about the text. Okay, right. Yeah. So now, Terry, you mentioned something else that I found interesting is this whole notion of the six days of creation. Were they 24-hour days? Chris, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I don't think uh, that we can uh, look at them as regular 24-hour days because one of the days included the creation of the Earth, and if the Earth wasn't there being able to spin, you wouldn't have a day. Um, God not, not just created space, he also created time, mm-hmm. which, is, which blows your mind when you think about it. We didn't have time without mm-hmm. God. Right. Um, and um, uh, I prefer to think in terms of, you know, there's this, uh, some of the songs that you hear and some of the comments are about how, uh, you know, a day to to God is a million years to us, or how many, maybe a billion years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with that. 
Uh, but because uh, God created time, it makes perfect sense that uh, you know, before recorded history, uh, it could have gone on for many, many billions of years. Uh, you know, Earth was created according to what science says, you know, uh, 4.6 billion, uh, the universe somewhere around 13 billion. They, they're, they keep playing with the numbers. They're, they're getting a little clever these days. Um, but uh, I don't have a problem with this, this day business. Um, in fact, it makes, uh, you know, it does tend to think that if, let's say the Earth was, was 4 billion years, uh, 5 billion years, something like that, if you break those into billions of years, um, we get, you know, made somewhere around the 5th billion. So Okay, so you're saying sense. the days themselves could have represented billions Absolutely. of years. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It, it, simply because the, the Earth didn't exist in yeah. before he created it. Right, and I, I would actually present another point, being that Genesis 1, you know, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 2, now the earth was form and was formless and, and void, empty essentially. So I've heard some people suggest that between verses 1 and 2, right there you can insert a couple billions of years. God could have created something, let it sit around. I was listening to one pastor and he was talking about how God doesn't move very quickly. It's just him in all of creation. He, wh why would he need to... Do that. So I thought I thought that was rather interesting. There's also the theory, and I should bring it up that uh, uh, there's a number of uh, theologians who suggest that Genesis, especially the early part of Genesis, the creation story, is um, a beautiful creation poem. Um, it's not right. meant to be taken right, literal. Right. So uh, you know, certain literalists will will have objection to that. But a lot of theologians just say, no, this is a, a specific way of describing what God was doing. Mm -hmm. Something else, Terry, that you had mentioned that I really found interesting is you kind of mentioned that before you were a Christian you recognize that to say that there was this Big Bang or whatever, that was a faith position. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting because one of the questions we received was, you know, how do you respond when people say that science and faith oppose each other? And I, I think it could be interesting to suggest maybe science comes with its own faith, per se. What would you say to that? Well, I, now that I'm a Christian, I've been a Christian for 20-something you know, years, I, I feel that faith and, and um, science uh, go hand in hand. Okay. They actually complement one another. Uh, I've, there's been, there's been like no archaeological finds that have ever discounted what the Bible said. It's only supported what the Bible has said. Um, so, and I just, there's just so many things about nature that is the signature of God. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, science, science, um, asks us how, faith tells us why. Right. So right, it's just okay. the two ways of knowing. Right. And then. There's, to me, there's almost like there's almost two books. There's like the Bible, which is the word of God. There's nature, which is the work of God. Right, the heavens so declare the glory of God. So they yeah. go hand in right. hand. Interesting. So yeah. and, and since I became a Christian, it was more apparent than before I was a Christian. There was always a piece missing as a scientist. There was a piece missing when I became a Christian, that God piece, that puzzle piece put in there. And I was like, oh, that's what was missing all cool. along. I would even add to that that the notion of science as we understand it is contingent on the creation story, on the Judeo-Christian faith. Without the creation story, you don't get the notion of transcendence into human history. All you're left is uh, immanence, pantheism. So without trans this, the transcendent element that the creation story introduces into human history, you cannot develop a scientific paradigm. The Greeks came close to it in the 5th century BC, and then it collapsed because there was no culture to support it. So it's very important to understand, without the Judeo-Christian faith, all this technology that we take for granted doesn't exist. We worship nature like cows. And let me tell you something, as we evacuate the Judeo-Christian faith from our culture, 
we are slowly going back into imminence, back into pantheism, and I'm a little bit afraid to see where that's going to lead us 50 or 60 years from now. All right, you, you got a lot of big words in there. I, I got a little caught up, so thank you. <laughs> I mean, we can all ask. We're going to ask Pierre about that afterwards just if you take, have any questions. Take my word. Take and, my word. And, and I just just, I, just and take I, it or, or that. That's, and I that's great as well. I just want to interject that, sci uh, that God also created science. Yeah. Right. Um, in that, uh, you know, they're, um, uh, for example, when they're, uh, science, uh, God created math. It's bad news, you know, yeah. it, it, that's why you're doing it. Um, but but there's, there's some uh, beautiful uh, uh, passages in the Old Testament when uh, the bulls, the large vats, uh, and uh, you have the dimensions of the, uh, uh, of the Ark of the Covenant, and there's all this stuff that's very, very precise. You know, even Noah was given very, very precise yeah. measurements. And, and so God invented math, and, and as a consequence, we have science involved in our lives. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, the science is irrevocably intertwined with our faith with the Bible itself. Yeah, I've and heard it once said, actually, that, and this kind of blew my mind when it was said this way, is that Jesus was the smartest man that ever lived. But it's like, well, if he's God, and God created science, it's kind of a weird thing to think about. I mean, Jesus is a good person to be asking for those answers on your science test. I'm just saying, get praying. That's great. And don't forget uh, Galileo, Newton. I mean, mo a lot of the, the scientists from the old times that we've heard were, were all Christians. They were doing this to uphold God's word. They knew that God had a reason why this was happening, and they were there to find out why God right. had reasons. So there's a lot of the people that we learned about in school and stuff were right. Christians. And, and the time change that we just went through because of time zones, which were created by Jesuits because they were going across to North America. And the Jesuit scholars and the astronomers uh, were the ones that had, you know, we have to get these precise measurements of time across uh, the North America. Yeah. So it's astronomers that are them. the problem. <laughs> I'm going to interject here for a moment and move us along. Now, whether we accept all or some of, of the evolution story, there's one question that seems to always come up when we talk about this, is, and that's what do you do with the problem of dinosaurs? What do, you, what do you do with that? What do you, what do you think? Pierre? Well, it's not a problem if the Earth is a little older than 6,000 years old. So, so I, guess, I guess my other question is, okay, then did Adam and Eve walk around with dinosaurs? I've heard it said basically there are two ways to look at this. Either you say no, and I've heard some theories that like Satan put dinosaur bones in the Earth just to like mess with people, which you can comment on that later. That's a little out there. Or, or it's, it's yes, Adam and Eve did walk around with dinosaurs, and then we've got a Flintstone situation happening, which I don't <laughs> think was a documentary, but maybe I'm wrong. What are your thoughts, well, Terry? I don't think we can discount dinosaurs. The bones are there. The bones are there, but we can't discount the dinosaurs. Um, I've, I've often felt with f feeling that if the Earth is mil millions or billions of years old, they, they were around um, perhaps before Adam and Eve. Okay. Uh, but there are, like I said, there are, uh, as you said before, there are just some things that we may never know. I think that's day four, right? In, in, in creation, day four, the large animals of who walked the earth and flew in the air, um, uh, or was that five? Anyways, they, <laughs> they, they, were, they were created before Adam and Eve, and therefore it could have been billions and billions of years. And, and here's, a, here's a mind blower. God could have put the bones in the, in the ground certainly at any time. God could have also created the entire universe and everything that you see around us 10 minutes ago. God can do that. So, so God could have certainly, uh, you know, done that, but we believe at faith that there is a, there's another way of looking at it. 
And I think that the fact that the dinosaurs and, and large creatures and other creatures, I mean, kangaroos aren't in the Bible either. Uh, but right. I mean, they're certainly around. And, and I think you make a good point there because I think one of the one of the main things is not everything. Just because the Bible doesn't say it exactly doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? So just because it's not like we need to mention the kangaroos and every species that exists, maybe we don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna move us along a little bit because we have a lot of questions to get through here and and some really good stuff I really want to go through. Uh, if we go back to the theory of evolution, Darwin developed this theory before DNA was ever discovered. So. How does that change the way we understand evolution or how it is compatible with the Genesis account? Terry, maybe you want to comment? Well, I, I, I think when you get down to the, to the very um, small molecule of um, the DNA and then see how much information is in it, that to me is nothing but the work of God. So if you actually look at the double helix, if you actually look at it straight down, it looks like a star. I think the, the, the farther into cell we can get, the bigger our world opens up and the more evidence of God there is. It's the work of God. So you're saying essentially the complexity of it kind of points to intelligent yes. design. A absolutely. absolutely. Well, I mean, if you walked on a beach and you saw my name, Gilbert, written on the sand, you would immediately assume that somebody wrote right. it, that it wasn't done by accident or by chance. The human genome has three billion letters, yeah. and they have to be all be in a certain order. If they're not, you look, you, you know, you may not be completely there, as, as you yeah. may know, right? Yeah. So uh, three billion letters, they all have to be in, an, uh, in a particular order. That is God's signature. That is yeah. sign the, uh, the sign that there is an intelligence that is behind it all. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, uh, in fact, I think it's been said, uh, the analogy is that uh, it's so unlikely that uh, DNA would have created, been created naturally through evolution uh, from small molecules to bigger molecules and so forth, it's the same likelihood that a tornado would fly through a junkyard and leave behind a, uh, an intact uh, Indian motorcycle. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> and, and so moving to more of, I guess, modern, a modern issue that we might have with this, uh, when it comes to manipulating DNA now, nowadays, how, how do we as Christians approach the use of genetic technologies that alter DNA? Is that even ethical? Well, I guess it depends. This is like the most cutting edge of technology that we have today. But don't forget, there was a time when immunization was cutting edge technology, right? Mm -hmm. So, and when you think about it, immunization in, in of itself is manipulating DNA. We're teaching ourselves to recognize a foreign invader so that it's ready when it comes in. Right. So as that's also a form of, I think when it comes down to it though, is we have to ask ourselves whether this technology is for treatment or for enhancement. I mean, there is a lot of ways that we can use, um, uh, manipulating DNA to treat people. They've actually found a way to um, help people with sickle cell and to, to treat sickle cell anemia. Mm -hmm. uh, the way I look at this, I always go back to the Bible when I do, when I look at um, uh, technology like this and say um, Jesus uh, was baptized to show us the way, not because he had to be baptized, he's trying to show us the way. He came and washed the disciples' feet to show us that we are here to serve, not to be served. And I think he, sh he, he treated and healed people because he was showing us the way. We have a technology that actually can help millions of people. But there are certain, I think, ethical lines, like cloning people. I mean, there's a big ick factor to so that. So what's, what's the ethical line there that That's you right. see? That's right. I think the ethical, I mean, cloning people, are we, be, are we playing God? By, right? We, God has put his fingerprints all over us. If we're cloning people, are we taking God out of the situation? I don't know. I mean, these are questions that are so cutting edge, I don't know. We can have 
human animal chimeras where it's like, all right, we want to grow a heart for somebody, let's just do it inside this pig. That technology is here, but is that ethical? Interesting, Chris, what do you think? Uh, absolutely, I think the, the fact that uh, science is advancing uh, ridiculously quickly right now, uh, we're, we're really exponentially growing and we're getting such uh, amazing uh, new uh, ways of doing things, uh, not just uh, in certain in medicine, but in uh, the physical sciences as well. Um, uh, even the question of you know uh, cloning people. Well, the, the, these robots are advancing uh, very, very much. You've probably seen some of the Boston Dynamics uh, videos yeah. where these uh, robots are just amazing. You know, uh, doing parkour and stuff like that. Like uh, you think how far we've come, and how far are we going to go, and are we going to get to the point where robots? are going to be intelligent enough that perhaps they need salvation. Terminator salvation. Whoa. That is... Al Albert Schweitzer actually had a saying that um, it comes really into play. It says, we have to be careful that our technology doesn't exceed our humanity. We have to make sure that our, that what we are, and I always take from a biblical standpoint, I mean, where, where does God fit in mm -hmm. all this? Mm -hmm. And I think making a human being, that's God's job. Okay, interesting. Uh, now, how about another ethical issue that's really a hot topic today would be, of course, climate change. And so how, as Christians, should we be responding to the climate change situation? Is it real? Oh, uh, let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. Oh, how oh dear. Many Buckle people, up. Hands up. How many people? Maybe we should close our eyes. Yeah. Maybe you want to close your eyes and, and put Getting up your hand anonymous. How many people here believe that climate change as in global warming is man-made? Man-made? How many people believe that climate change as global warming is a natural, nat natural cyclical phenomenon? Okay, that's very that needs that needs some that needs some explanation. Here. Explain yes. further. Natural, natural cyclical. Well, global the global. the records the records have records have shown, and we have uh, records through ice core samples and everything else that um, it has been warmer in the past than it is now. We've had the medieval warming period back in like 950 to 1250, where they actually had were growing grapes in northern Britain. They grew wheat in Greenland. It was warmer than it is now. This is before the Industrial Revolution, before the quote unquote CO2 was warming the earth. And then soon after that, we had the Little Ice Age. They were having fairs and markets on the Thames, River Thames, and uh, it was colder than it is now. So it seems to me this may even uh, interject with kind of how you see the whole evolution problem because if you possibly just believe in the 24-hour, six-day creation and from there, you might not even believe in an ice age, which may impact your view of that. Is it, would that be fair to say or would you disagree? Well, I think there's been there's ice ages. We're in, in an interglacial period now and some say we're actually entering into another cooling period. Right, so, uh, but when it comes actually to like global warming based on man-made, I don't see the evidence for that. We've had a lot of media shouting things at us and, and, uh, and um, politicians shouting at us, we're paying a carbon tax, but I don't know how paying money to a government is gonna lower temperatures. If, <coughs> if human beings are just the outcome of an evolutionary, a mindless evolutionary process, this means that there is no intrinsic value to human, val uh, to, to human nature. And that also means that if some people think that humans are affecting the planet, and now we're, we're at a stage where we, we're really not making the distinction very clear between who we are as humans and nature, 
So if some people think that we're affecting the planet, then some people will not hesitate one second in asking real human beings to pay for whatever environmental sins they think we're committing, either with their money, their taxes, their lifestyle, or even their own lives. And so I s a, a Christian answer to climate change, which used to be climate warming, which used to be climate cooling, uh, is first of all to have clear premises in terms of the intrinsic value of human beings and our ability to face any challenge we face if we have the right worldview and the right view of ourselves. Okay. But if we think we're just parasites, then it's the apocalypse. Let's get rid of as many human beings as we possibly can. Let's go back to the Stone Age with all the costs that going to all right we're, we're running a bit short on time so I'm gonna I really want to get into those last one because you're gonna want to hear the answer to this so we've talked a bit about origin we've talked a bit about current kind of scientific ethic kind of uh, issues now I want to reach into something for a moment that's a bit further out there um, and that is does the Bible allow for the existence of aliens Chris you're the alien UFO expert tell that's, us what you know that's my bag really um, <laughs> You've got less than a minute. Just kidding. Oh, geez. Okay. Just kidding. Go um, on, Chris. We want to hear. So, okay. So, here's the thing. Um, uh, God created uh, these stars and the planets, and we've got galaxies that are, you know, billions and billions of light years out there. There's nothing that says that uh, the uh, other planets out there could have life, could have creatures. If we accept that evolution exists, uh, uh, you know, happened on Earth, uh, then there's no question it could happen out there. There's nothing that precludes that aliens are out there. Now, are they intelligent? They might be. I don't know, but uh, God could certainly have done that and challenged us that if we ever go out there and encounter some creature that you know is intelligent or even even not, not as intelligent as us, but somewhere a little bit lower than that, our response to meeting that creature and talking to it and, and trying to understand it would we give this that creature the same kindness that we would show any other creature here on Earth? So I guess my question then is. Um, there's a, a common view, I guess, that the biblical view is one of humanity being the object of God's love and the pinnacle of creation. So if there was other life out there, would that then kind of put all, all of us Christians in a bit of a pickle because we're not the pinnacle of creation? Is that correct, incorrect? Uh, I, I would say that um, if there's aliens out there, um, they wouldn't necessarily have, I mean, there would have been saved. Jesus would not have entered into their, into their lives the same way that Jesus has entered into our lives. So, but the fact that there would be creatures out there simply says that uh, God has created a universe into, into which so many wonderful things and creatures can exist. Uh, and interestingly enough, I had uh, heard a quote from actually C.S. Lewis, who is a pretty, pretty prominent um, Christian theologian, writer, etc. Uh, he said, of course, the essence of Christianity is that God loves man and for his sake became man and died. But that does not prove that man is the sole end of nature. And what he points out, which I thought was fascinating, is this parable of the lost sheep. And he points out how it was the one sheep that was saved, not the only sheep and not maybe even the most favored sheep that was one sheep. And perhaps the other 99 sheep are, in fact, alien species. And, and in my house are many mansions. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I mean, if you guys have more questions about aliens, which we probably, if you didn't before, you probably do now, you can ask Chris afterwards. Can we give our panelists a hand for joining us today? Yes, thank you. You guys can go ahead and have a seat.
Yes, there is so much more we could talk about on all of these subjects. And I think perhaps our panelists would be so kind as to hang around after if you do have any other questions. I also have a few other resources that I'd love to share with anybody who's interested in more questions about evolution or even aliens I've learned a lot about in the last little while. Um, I just wanted to say again that this is really just the beginning of a conversation. Obviously, we can't cover everything right here and now. And I encourage you to take the things that you might have learned or found completely wrong or maybe just interesting, talk about them with your friends after. Hey, if you've had that person you had your eye on for a couple weeks, been too shy to say something, try one of these questions. Pick a blind. Go for it. Just be like, hi, what do you think of evolution? <laughs> just saying. Give it a try. It might work. Without further ado, let's, uh, let's pray tonight and uh, just ask God to cover this in prayer. God, uh, we thank you for being with us tonight, and we thank you for science. God, um, we believe you are the creator of science and of this universe, and we just ask that you would continue to show us the truth. God, expose the truth to us, and um, we just thank you for all the intelligent minds that are also um, pursuing these issues and trying to understand uh, origins and, and how this world works and what comes to mind for me when I think about these questions of science, Lord, is just the much deeper question of purpose and meaning. And I wonder how many of us have questions about Christianity or about who you are that we think are kind of barricaded by these scientific problems when really it's something much more closer to the heart. Maybe it's something more so about our worth or our person or why we're even here on earth in the first place. And if you are someone here tonight who's maybe asking yourself those questions, I just encourage you to see the God of the universe that did not create you by some random accident, but that planned for you to be here, that put his very own image on you, and that created a heart within you to experience him, to know him, to love him, and to become closer to him. Would you just open your hearts to know this God, this Jesus who came to save you, who came to be human, to be man, to experience life on this earth, to be one with you. You know, the image of God breathing his breath into man is such an intimate picture. It's like a kiss. And so would you allow yourself to just rest in that intimacy of being created in the image of God? Would you just let that reality sink in as we go again in worship. Mm -hmm. 